It's good to see you guys, uh, see several new faces, so welcome to Antioch, guys. Thanks for being here. My name is Mitchell, and I'm the lead pastor here, and it's just a joy to be able to... <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy. Um, joy to be here with you guys, and it's just so... I mean, what we just did, I just hope you at least caught a glimpse of it. I mean, we come here not to evaluate how good a church is. We come here to exalt Jesus. We come here to lift his name up. And when we do that over and over again, he transforms us and he changes us into his likeness. And we feel, we feel something on the inside. It's called the spirit of God filling us up and, and uh, awakening us to what we were made for. We were made for him. And uh, just so thankful to worship with you guys. So thanks for being here. If you are new, I'd love to shake your hand after the service. You can just go right out those doors, this little connect area in the lobby. And I just want to say thank you for coming. Um, okay, a couple things before we get into the message. So um, I already told you next week we get to hear um, some testimonies from the mission trip. Um, also, uh, two Sundays from now, I think is August 7th. Is that correct? Or it's the first Sunday in August? You guys are staying in July, so you don't know yet. Okay, so two weeks from now, um, we are going to do our last uh, prayer Sunday is what we've been calling it. We've taken the first Sunday of each month this summer and done a prayer Sunday, so there won't be an official message, but our worship team will be up here the whole time. Then Larry is going to facilitate some prayer time where we're going to pray over different topics, read a few scriptures, and it's going to be really powerful. So if you um, like praying, show up. If you don't like praying but you want to learn how to pray, that Sunday would be a great Sunday to show up, but it's going to be a sweet time together. And then last but not least, before we get into the message, if you guys were here last week, we started a three-part series that we're titling Around the Movement. Everybody say, Around the Movement. Uh, if you are new here or unfamiliar with this, so Antioch is part of a larger network or movement of churches uh, in the U.S. and also overseas. We have several teams that are um, all over this nation, about 45 teams uh, in church plants that are in this nation, and then several more uh, overseas. And for the rest of July, we decided, you know what, we want to bring in some other folks from different Antioch churches and get to hear uh, from people that have wisdom and have a life message and have something to offer us. And I think it is a cool way for us as a newer Antioch church here in Northwest Arkansas to just to learn from our extended family and just know that we're not alone. And so uh, last week, how many of you guys were here last week? Raise your hand if you are here last week. Okay, only about a half of us. So Jordan Ogden came. Uh, he is in Waco now, but he helped start an Antioch church up in Michigan, was also on staff at Antioch church in Dallas. He has also happened to be on our board of advisors that oversee our church. And so he came last week and preached, and it was incredible. He talked about the importance of understanding our identity and how that is connected to actually walking in our calling and assignment in life. And he was emphasizing, let's make sure we get our identity right first, and then our assignment, our calling, or another way to say that is what you're supposed to do with your life is going to flow out of that. A lot of times in this culture, we kind of do it backwards. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And then somebody else is going to tell me who I am. No, 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 no. God tells us who we are, and from that place, there's like a freedom to discover what he's called you to do. So that was awesome. Next week, uh, we get to hear from Tyler Hardy, who is the lead pastor at Antioch and College Station, uh, which Antioch College Station is the Antioch church that sent us uh, out to plant this church here in Northwest Arkansas, so be prepared for that. But this week, this Sunday, we are in for a treat, all right? We get to have our, this is, this is so exciting. These are our newest Antioch neighbors. They are the, now they're going to be the closest Antioch to us, and that is a team from Antioch, Tulsa, that is here. And you're going to get to hear from Austin Hoxie, who's the, leading the team there. 
they are getting going. They landed about a month ago in Tulsa, and they're going to take the next several weeks and months to get going, get started. But he, they came. It's only an hour and a half, two hours. Depends on who's driving. Beth's driving. Hour. Anyways, uh, <laughs> just kidding. I drive faster than Beth. Um, and uh, but it's just so exciting. And you know, coming from just the fr- when we've been here. If you're new, uh, we've been uh, here for about three years now. And just starting off a church plant, it just, you need a lot of support, you need a lot of encouragement, and we're just so thankful to have them here this morning worshiping with us. And so here's what we're going to do. Before, Austin, you take the mic, let's have the whole team, because you brought a little bit of your team. So if you're on the Antioch Tulsa team, why don't you come up, you guys just line up over here to my right, kind of the left of the stage. Let's give it up for these guys as they come up here. Yes. Thanks for being here, guys. Look at this incredible team here. And we want, to, um, we want to pray for you guys. We want to pray over you. And what we'll do in just a second, church, so if you're on the core team or one of our staff, we're going to kind of get around them, put hands on their shoulders, and pray blessing over them. Um, but here's kind of three things. I gave you, I'm going to give you some alliteration to help you know what to pray. In planting a church, you need favor. Everybody say favor. Favor with God, favor with men. You need friends. Everybody say friends. Which they need each other, but they also need other friends to support them, encourage them, and when they're weak, to pick them up. And they need finances. Everybody say finances. And so we're going to pray for God's uh, blessing over them financially as well. All right? So if you're on the core team or some of our staff, why don't you all stand up? And we're going to surround them. If you all could just scoot a few steps forward so some people can get around you too, that would be great. We're going to pray over this team. And then, Jonathan, could you put some music on? Not rap music. Um, <laughs> Just something in the background. If you guys are just uh, sitting in your chair, if you could just extend your hand real quick over these guys and just pray God's favor and God's blessing over them as they start this new adventure of planting a church. Go ahead. Start praying, and I'll close it out in like 30 seconds. Go ahead. Start praying, church. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just get behind our brothers and our sisters, and we thank you so much for what you've called them to. Thank you for the yes In their spirits, Lord, the yes that they have given you to move their lives and their families to Tulsa. And we just pray your blessing and your favor over them, God. I pray that you would open up heaven over them and give them everything that they need. Would you lead them and would you guide them? Father, that you surround them with friends and companions to support them in this journey. And financially, God, we pray for your provision. We pray for your blessing over them as well. Lord, you are with them. You are for them. And your scripture says, when God, you are for us, who could be against us? And so, Lord, we just pray that over them, pray your blessing of them. Thank you for what you've called them to do. Would it prosper for your glory? In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. amen. Give it up for these guys one more time as they head back to their seats. So cool. All right, so um, Austin, you can come on, stay on up here with me. So, hey, as a, before we get started, I want to bless you guys with something. So this is for your whole team. So just as we prayed over them for blessing and favor, we wanted to um, also just sow another seed financially into what you guys are doing. So this is a check from our church for $2,000. So bless you for what you're doing. Now, church family, if you personally want to sow into what they're doing, then after the service, just throw money at Austin. <laughs> Just kidding. Here's a couple of practical ways. Seriously, if it's on your heart to want to continue to sow what they're doing, if you have cash or check, you can literally just bring it to them. Um, also, if you want to, if you don't have that with you and you still want to give, you can go to our giving site and just put Antioch Tulsa in the memo line, and we'll want to bless you guys and get you started, dude. Just on the right foot. Love you, man. You ready to preach? <laughs> All right. Let's go, Austin. Have fun, dude. Thanks, dude. Give it up for 
Wow, thanks guys. Uh, it's, it's been a hot second, but hey, also, uh, if, if you want to throw Bitcoins at us, that works too. Uh, yeah, uh, if you're under the age of 30, that's hilarious. Um, hey, could you actually just put up our website? I think it's one of those slides. Uh, if you want to be connected to Antioch Tulsa and Evolution, you could subscribe at the bottom of our website. You could subscribe to our updates. Um, a lot of times people come up to me like, hey, I'd love to get your updates. And then they need me to go subscribe for them. So you just set the bottom of the website. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like you go to the bottom, you just type in yourself. Super simple. Um, and then, you know, if it becomes one of those emails that you're like, shoot, we got like 10 unsubscribes on Saturday morning. No, you guys have better control over your inbox. I'm <laughs> impressed. Way to go. Well, hey, my name's Austin. I, I, uh, um, honored to be here. Honored to be here. Uh, uh, I might spit a little bit, so <laughs> sorry on the front row. Um, there's a few things I want to get at this morning, but the first is this right here. Y'all read this before? I don't want to be a person that has somebody tell me about this. I want to be someone that consumes this. Like Jesus said in Matthew 4, the devil's like, yo, what's up? And Jesus is like, my food is not only to do the will of him, but I exist by every word that comes from the mouth of my father. My kids ask me, how did Jesus really fast for 40 days? Did he really not drink water? Is that allowed? I don't know, any nutritionist in here? I would suggest the tangible consumption of the word of God will sustain your life. Right here. This is my life message. I'll talk about something else, but that's it. If you follow me on the socials, it's hashtag read your Bible. Why? Because if you look around, everyone around us is dying on the vine and mental health has become trending because we as the church and as believers don't consume the words that come from the mouth of our Father. Man, y'all about to step into John? You guys read John 1? It is tripped out. In the beginning was the Word, the words with God. The Word came and made its home amongst men. Wait, does it really say that? So is Jesus the Bible? What, what is he talking about? So anyways, invitation. As I talk today, uh, as, as I get up in here, I, I, I'll have a few practicals. You guys like practicals? You know, there's certain type of brains that work like this. Other ones work in circles, lines over here. I get it. I'll try and give you a few. But the practical I need you to hear is John 17 in the book of Ephesians. So as we get into it, permission to feast on it this week. And if you don't understand, we have a good father who will be with you for as long as it takes. Like this idea of like oh, a flip, a switch will go wink, and then everything will change in my life today. And then godliness has achieved, and I can move on with my life as trash. <laughs> it's like working out our salvation once, and then we're good. I think that's in the book of Zeus, right? <laughs> okay, around the movement. Here we go. Around the movement. What you will, how many of you guys like are really, I don't know who Antioch is. Like, are there any of you guys? How many, how many of you guys like, okay, yeah. Like, what is this Antioch? Like, do they really worship God? They, I'll tell you what we don't do super great is like all the churchy duties, you know? Like, there's no smoking lights here. What's going on here? 
um, how come we don't have a, a paid accountant? You know, how come we don't have our, whatever, there's, there's a few things. But what we do know around the movement, this is a relationally connected movement. And what that means is we go to the cost of yes to Jesus, to surrender to Jesus, and we say, hey, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And what you're going to find is in the leadership around here is not that idea of perfection, but the people that will grab arms and say, let's go again. The cost is going a little bit more. It's a little bit more. We're not going 80% this week. We're going a hundo. Y'all with me? And that right here creates a safe place. And the leadership around this movement, the people that you find that take the crazy pill to be like, oh, let's go plant a church. This is a great idea. Y'all remember COVID? <laughs> it's still going on where we came from. I don't know if it's still here. Uh, yeah, it's here. We won't get into that. Uh, we might. Um, <laughs> but what you're going to find around here is a yes to Jesus that will go in increasing depth and surrender until they die. And that's going to create a place where the body of Christ can move to maturity, being complete, lacking nothing. Oh, let's go. You're right, man. That's a good word. We're going to get into it. Paul says it like eight times in Ephesians. But that w- what, what would it look like to be mature and complete, lacking nothing? You'd walk around and be like, oh, nah, 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 nah. And people would be like, whoa. All right. Ooh. Um, anyways, that's kind of a little splash of the movement. If you haven't, uh, if you're still checking this place out, if you're still going to know people, go to your leader, buy them lunch, ask them to tell you what the yes to Jesus has looked like. Be like, let me know what the surrender looks like in the last three months. Will you tell me what it's been like for you to say yes to Jesus in the last year? Because that's where you're going to find the gold. And every new chapter, it just gets a little bit better. Does that sound good? Uh, if you don't know me very well, I totally, um, y- you know, enjoy, hopefully, but just read your Bible. Uh, okay, so here's my family. I think we got a picture. Um, this is us about a week before coming here. Um, uh, Robin, my wife, is a absolute firecracker. She brings all of herself into everything all the time. Uh, and so she's right up here. If you have the opportunity to get her to pray for you, you will probably feel some sort of breakthrough happening. Uh, and so she's right up here to the right. Um, there's my daughter, Hallie. Hallie, right up here, going into ninth grade. Hallie is beautiful. She represents the beauty of heaven. She's excellent in what she does. But I had this moment this year where, uh, how many like have kids that are middle school, high school out of the house? Yeah, there's like four of us. Yeah. Um, but to all the young parents, you know how like the, the wind today is like keep them alive? <laughs> like, here we go. <laughs> We're going again. Well, this has happened in my house, and I noticed it with my daughter this year, but she comes home from middle school, and she's like, hey, I tried out for a musical. I was like, what? What do you mean you tried out? No, like I had an audition. I'm going to sing and dance. It's like, what? <laughs> okay. And so, again, young parents, you're thinking like soccer game, like kid pulling flowers out of, you know, it's like, okay, here we go. Hope there's good snacks. 
But there's somewhere in parenting when all of a sudden your kids start manifesting excellence and beauty. And so we go to this, this, present, this uh, um, recital on Friday night, and they're charging admission. And I'm like, okay, come on. But we go in, and it is absolutely glorious. And these middle schoolers are producing something that is beautiful. And there's my daughter up there representing the beauty of heaven, singing and dancing. And then it was awesome to get to pay for tickets on Saturday because there was multiple shows. So that's where we're at in parenting. We're getting into the like, well, these are real humans. So Hallie represents that excellence, the beauty of heaven. We got Jack the Brave on the right. He's seventh grade. Jack, say what's up. Jack rocks the, uh, the little frost top curls. Uh, he represents, represents uh, bravery for sure. And then Ben the Bold. Ben gets after doing what's on his heart and is bold in every expression. And then Cole the Mighty, he's hanging out over there somewhere. He's right there going into third grade. Um, Cole represents all that is my wife. <laughs> Early on, we called him, um, like his middle name is Banner. He's a banner carrier for righteousness. And early on, we called him Hulk because like Bruce Banner. <laughs> and the Lord rebuked us. He was like, this is not something you want to speak over him because <laughs> it's not good. So he's called the mighty. He is not the Hulk. Uh, anyways, that's us. It's an honor to be here. Uh, we moved to Tulsa in June. Um, I'm going to share a little bit of my story, but before I do, I want to tell you what I want, what I want to hopefully display in the scriptures and in my life, um, but I just want to acknowledge that it could be a little hard. Um, all of us are coming into this room with an experience, okay? We have about this many units of good experience. We have some right here that are kind of like in the middle, and then we have these experiences over here that we may or may not have dealt with, Right? The trendy word these days is trauma. It's like we're shocked when there's pain in our life. This is the human condition, right? So we have all of this full gambit of experiences that we're bringing into the room this morning. Those are good and right. But we have a question of like, is this going to be the author or the dictator of our lives or our, our experiences or our feelings? You guys ever have a good day than a bad day? What happened? Like you just woke up. It's like magic. <laughs> it is so unsettling to live by your feelings, right? We want to actually allow this to dictate our life. Y'all with me? Uh, uh, if, if you're above the age of 40, you're welcome to say amen. If you're under the age of 25, you can say yeet. <laughs> yeet, yeet. Uh, we've been hanging out with uh, college kids for the last decade, and it's become a part of my language. <laughs> I still don't know what it means. <laughs> uh, all right, here's what I want to say. One thing. You, you want to throw it up here? I'm talking about God's design, okay? God's design for connection to himself is connection to his body. You all with me? Everyone say Process. That's right. It's good. It's good. Okay. You know how you go work out, work some muscles, they get bigger. That's how that works. Okay. There is a process to discovering our connection with God and our connection with his body or the church. This is a thing that doesn't just flip overnight. Okay. Y'all with me? 
Throughout the, uh, uh, Paul's writings, he's referencing the body of Christ, right? Jesus is the what? The elbow? Jesus is the head, right? And so just take that analogy. If he's really the head, what does it look like for him to be disconnected with his body? It looks really weird. <laughs> right? Y'all with me? And so to say we're connected to the head but not the body, either Paul's analogy breaks down or our experiences are taking precedent over the word of God. <laughs> yeah, let's go. And those experiences are pain, bitterness, disappointment. Okay, y'all with me still? Okay, the second one's even worse or better. God's design for surrender to himself to the head, okay, is surrender to the body. The church word is submission. It's like, <laughs> this is very not American, right? We have these unalienable rights, yet Jesus laid down his rights at the cross, even to the point of death. What if the body kills me? Then you can get to share in the suffering with Christ. Am I right? Come on. Are you tracking with me? This is a hard deal. Like, I as an American am me, am Austin. I need to be here. The problem where this breaks down, where God's design breaks down, is the me-centered. Some would say self-centered. <laughs> yeah. Like, when does that end well for you? Never. It never. Like, I'm going to go do what I want, and it'll be better for everyone else around me. <laughs> if you're over the age of 25, you've experienced the failure of that, right? Um, if you're under the age, you too. Uh, under the but, but what I'm saying here is, is again, we're, t we're going for God's design. And this is going to come at not only our culture as Americans, but, again, our pain. The what if question or the real lived experience of the body did that to me. And it's going to come down to are you in the center? Or does the word surrender to the lordship of Jesus is that center? Y'all tracking with me? You feel that tension? If you existed in the last two years, that cultural tension was everywhere. You logged onto the internet and you saw it, right? Ah, this is it. When really it's just someone taking their thing and making it the center. And then what happened to Jesus? He was like, oh, y'all playing yourself, right? What am I doing? Just seeking to save the lost? All right, anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. That's where we're going. Does that sound good to you guys? Does it? Oh, come on, man. Hey, we're going to get into the Word of God. John 17. Y'all read it? We're going to read it again. Again, invitation to read it this afternoon, tonight, tomorrow morning. I get a little notification on my phone that tells me how much I'm on my screen every week. <laughs> you guys get that? Screen time alerts? What does it look like to consume the Word of God? Is my screen actually the Bible? Is my face in the Word of God? Is my mind consuming His Word, sustaining me? 
If not, it makes sense why I'm having a lot of bad days. All right, John 17, you here? Y'all with me? It's not going to be on the screen behind me. Verse 20. This is Jesus. He's probably, I don't know, ish, three hours from getting crucified. Maybe four hours. Verse 20, he's praying for his disciples. This is the culmination of the Gospel of John. Jesus is trying to record for, or John is trying to record for us what he would suggest is the thing for us to understand about what Jesus is saying. And so he records his prayer. He's already prayed for his disciples. Now he's praying for everyone that would follow Jesus based on the message of the disciples. John 17, verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also that those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Y'all hear that? Verse 21. This crazy talk. We're still trying to figure out how Robin and I are one. <laughs> Y'all read it again. Verse 21. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Okay, Jesus is going Star Trek on us, right? Star Trek, anyone? Uh, what is he talking about? That he is one with the Father. Probably the entirety of the Gospel of John where he's modeling. I only do what uh, I see my Father doing. I only say what the Father is saying. I try and get, get out early in the morning to be connected to the Father. He's modeling for his disciples connection to the Father all the time. And now he drops this bomb on the disciples. This same connection, I want you to have. Right here. I want you two to be one. What about self-center? How does self be the center when two are becoming one? Doesn't work. You see the breakdown? Okay, keep going. Verse, we're still in uh, verse, verse, verse 22. I don't know what this means, but it's awesome. I've given them the glory that you gave me. Jesus, we receive that. I think it's probably supernatural powers. That you gave me, that they may be in one as we are one. Again, Jesus, you already prayed this. Let's pray it a second time. Y'all with me? Verse 22. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. Verse 23, I and them and you and me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. All right, this idea of oneness is crazy. How many of you guys are trying to figure out marriage? Okay, great. Same analogy in the body of Christ. Well, that's a pretty high level of commitment. <laughs> what if they screw it up? Then you're a part of it. <laughs> or I can just dip out and go somewhere else. One of these expressions manifests the presence of God and proof to the world that he exists. The other one manifests our American nature that can just dip out and go down the street. Do you think that church down the street doesn't have humans in it? 
Like, they're going to be good for a while. But then you're going to hit that same moment of things are going to come to the surface. And is it worth risking myself to do relationship right here around parenting kids, around finances, around calling, identity, assignment? Is it worth it? And you feel that rub. The invitation is oneness so that everyone around us that was freaking out would see the expression of the kingdom of heaven and know that God sent Jesus. So I get to be a part of that, or I live in this tension of self where I can just dip when it gets hard. Y'all with me? This is the word of God. I want to invite you guys to invite Holy Spirit this week. Holy Spirit, will you show me if I don't actually want this, if I don't think this is worth it? Okay, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. We're going to get into the book of Ephesians. Y'all read Ephesians before? General Electric Power Company, right? Galatians, Ephesians. It's uh, page 1148. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to read a few excerpts, okay? I want to invite you guys again to read Ephesians because I think Paul is trying to emphasize this oneness throughout the book. And Paul constantly gets tripped up about how awesome salvation is. So it's like he's expressing this mystery, and then he's ranting about salvation, and then back to the mystery, and then salvation, okay? So it's kind of the flow as I read this letter. Chapter 1, y'all with me? Yeah! Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood. This is the cross. This is good news, right? The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven on earth together under one head. Again, who's the head? Okay, so heaven and earth coming together in this concept of oneness through Christ. This is the end of verse 10. Okay, let's skip ahead. Verse 18. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you would know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of the mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at the right hand, Heavenly realms, far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, every title that can be given. Verse 22, God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church. Verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. This mystery we're talking about in chapter 1, the fullness of God being manifest in the lordship, the headship of Jesus Christ, comes through the, through you and me. Being like, all right, I don't know if you're going to prove anything to me or whatever, but I'm going to choose to be one because of the blood of Jesus Christ. That is such a risk. That is so anti what our culture tells us. That's anti our backup plans. Why? Why is this worth it? Let's keep reading. Chapter 2, 14. For he himself is our peace, 
talking about Jesus, who has made the two one and destroyed the barrier. Who's he talking about? The two becoming one. He's talking about the Jew and the Gentile. We'll get there. He's talking about you and your next door neighbor. Verse 15, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments, regulations, his purpose, ooh, this is good. What's your purpose, Jesus? Well, Paul tells us, to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. Okay, who needed peace during COVID? Mm, the whole world, right? <laughs> Let's keep going. Verse 16, and in this one body, reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. So again, look at it like, you know, the Romans road is by, sa- by grace we have been saved. You know, we confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. We'll be connected to God, okay? What's God's intention after that prayer? That we start becoming one. Still with me? All right, let's keep going. We're in verse 17. He preached, he came and preached peace to those who are far and peace, peace, pre- peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Verse 19, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Get this, guys, this is good. Verse 21 and 22. In him, this whole body is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Okay, how many of you guys want to host the presence of God? When we don't host the presence of God, guess who doesn't get the presence of God? The city of Fayetteville or NWA, right? Oh, let's go, man, NWA. As an outsider looking, I'm like, what is these initials? Like our, our friends at school, our coworkers. People don't get saved because you go and deliver a good gospel message. People get saved because Holy Spirit is drawing them to himself. Where do you think he's drawing? Wherever his spirit dwells. Where does his spirit dwell? Well, according to Paul, it's in you, the holy temple, being built into this oneness. It is the word of God. Are y'all tracking with me? Mm, ooh. Ah, we can keep going Ephesians. I'm going to pause. So, um, <laughs> uh, you said 1130, right? 11, okay, cool. Mm. Uh, so, what, uh, I was 19. I was really good at life, really successful. I got into the Air Force Academy. Good student, good athlete, played soccer. Um, was generally a kind human, um, and learned how to live on the affirmation of people. Okay, I got into the Air Force Academy, and my internal world started crumbling. I became aware of it when I was 17. So I was like, this soccer thing is dumb. Like, I don't know if I want to do this. Um, Basically, all the affirmation that I got from people and I learned to live in was starting to, like, not hold the day for me. And so I had little balls of rage developing inside of me and then when I was 19 I was a sophomore at the Air Force Academy and my best friend died in a rock climbing accident kind of a freak accident he only fell like eight feet uh kind of hard to explain and so if you know anything about the Air Force Academy it's kind of like its own culture as a freshman you can't really leave nobody has cars well the older students do but 
And so it was a big deal that I got out. But at the funeral, I was carrying the casket out. And again, my Christianity at this time is I have been Methodist and Lutheran and uh, apostolic. I, I've been in all the denominations. We moved every few years. So I don't really have any like affiliation with Jesus that I'm aware of. I've prayed the sinner's prayer like 38 times. I went to summer camp, prayed at every single session. Okay. <laughs> I was really good at that. I was going to heaven, I think. <laughs> Theology of salvation. Let's go. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's not go there right now. So I, I'm, at, I'm at this service, and the night before, I'm like, okay, God, if you're real, you got to show up. Like, this makes no, ex like, sense. We weren't, like, going around, like, graffitiing the town and, like, robbing 7-Elevens. Like, we were generally good kids, right? And so he dies. Um, I carry the casket. I walk back in, and I would say the first time I was aware of the presence of God, and I hear a voice. No one else heard it, audible, not, I don't know. But he said, the joy of the Lord's your strength. I was like, wow, that's amazing. I have no idea what that means, but I feel better. So I go back up to the academy. I start reading my Bible, and sure enough, Nehemiah 8, 10, okay? Ezra's reading the law, and all the Israelites are, like, crying because they're like, we're terrible. And Nehemiah gets up there, and he's like, yo, chill. Go and enjoy choice food and fine drink, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Whoa, this is in the Bible? I heard this. Um, unfortunately, nothing changed for me because my insides were still in destruction mode. And so I ended up essentially leaving the academy and kind of failing for the first time in my life. My parents had moved. They were still in the Air Force. And here I am in Colorado Springs. Essentially, I can do anything. I have no debt. I have no connections. I'm mad at everything, but I just encountered God. And so what do I do? Well, I read my Bible. It took me about three and a half months. Um, and... To be honest, I was also playing poker online. <laughs> and reading the Bible is a great way to be patient when you're playing poker. So <laughs> don't, like, think, like, oh, you're so glorious. No, I'm a 19-year-old dude, okay? Y'all tracking with me? <laughs> Sometimes we get up here on stage and people are like, wow. And it's like, mm. <laughs> Working out our salvation, okay? <laughs> so I get to the end of the book. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, the end of the book is this tripped-out revelation, like right here, yeah? And it's like, I don't think we're there yet. And then there's like this part right here, kind of at the beginning, that's like all the Israelites were being whack-attack, and God's trying to reconcile all the time. And then there's Jesus, and there's like this part right here, the Gospels. And then there's these letters, right? It's right about here. Y'all with me? I think this is where we're at, like right now. And I walked away from reading this Bible, and I'm like, I think I'm supposed to play. Like, I, I think that this is supposed to be what my life looks like. And so this is three months in. I have someone starting to mentor me, helping me grieve, because, again, I was a little ball of rage. Um, and I didn't know what else to do, so I just read the Bible again. And the second time through, I had transferred to a school to start playing soccer again in uh, uh, south of Chicago. And I was kind of a weird kid. You know, 6 to 8 a.m., I was a janitor, go to class, go to soccer practice. 6 p.m., I would just start reading my Bible. And, you know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, I failed two classes. One of them was a public speaking class. <laughs> um, 
But I got to the Gospels a second time, and um, at this time, I'm reading through the disciples, and I have this thought of, like, I think I'm supposed to be a disciple. I think. There's a few places he invites them in, and fishermen were kind of like terrible people. Like, they smelled bad. They stayed up all night. You know, the water is kind of where the demons hung out in the Jewish culture, and so, like, they didn't have a great job. Kind of like... Uh, yeah, just dregs of society, if you will. And so for Jesus to break out the cultural norm and invite them in, I had the audacity to be like, pick me, Jesus. I want to be a disciple. A week later, I have this encounter. He says, stop dating girls, stop playing soccer, give up your formal education, move up to, to this church, Chicago, Antioch, and Wheaton, and learn how to be a disciple. I said, psh, I'm crazy. Uh, had a few encounters. I was like, wow, I think this is God. So I dropped out of school a second time. This one more by choice, less by failure. But the perception was still failure. So I move up to this church that had been planted about six months ago. You can get like, like way not as cool as this. Like we were in a college, like, uh, I don't know, foyer. Like there were stairs. The bathrooms were behind the worship band. Yeah, early 2000s. It was like not great acoustics. But it's that like you walk in and then you start crying. You guys experienced that here? It's like, what am I so weird for? I also had a mullet. I was about 6'5", and I looked like a college soccer player. And so in a group of 40, it's hard to, like, you know, hide. <laughs> so I start getting connected to some people. Um, but I move in with this guy about a month in, and we started a discipleship house. A couple guys get saved into this. Uh, these two guys that got saved grew up in gangs. Neither of them graduated high school, so kind of rough around the edges. So here I am. God's gift to the planet. I've read the Bible a few times, and here's these guys, and they don't know the difference between the Old and New Testament. First thing Holy Spirit tells me, first rule of our discipleship house, is submit your life to one another. But these guys are idiots. <laughs> like, literally, one of them would sleep till noon and had tattoos on his neck. That's sort of like, wait, what? Like, this was a foreign world to me. These guys are now some of my best friends. Five months in, okay, I finally choose to submit my life. I repent. There's tears. It's glorious. And what I have found is that was the seed of Holy Spirit teaching me this message. That when we get saved, he doesn't set the lonely in families to just do whatever they want. Like, imagine what happens, you know, if you're an adult and you have a kid that wants to just do what they want. What happens when you let them? It destroys the family unit. Everyone is relating weird, and it's not like, like the kingdom of heaven, the body of Christ, it has uh, a sense of authority and boundary lines. And it requires us to submit inside of them. Well, Antioch, NWA, Antioch, Tulsa, the Baptist Church, they all have different flavors, but it doesn't negate our choice to bring ourselves and fully integrate in. Y'all with me? Again, it's not a losing of self. It's a losing of the self-center. Okay? What if they don't see my gifting, my calling, my assignment, my identity? Then you have a terrible gospel. You think Jesus is the head, like, just by proxy? Or you think he's actively involved in the body of Christ? 
Y'all with me? His leadership is perfect 100% of the time. And if your leadership that you're submitting is a bunch of ninnies that it's in for themselves, they will get exposed and either repent or be removed. He is good and perfect in his ways. And his body is being built into maturity that we would be complete, lacking nothing. But we have a choice to step into it. Y'all with me? All right, this is my first lesson. So Ram and I got married shortly into that. Started having kids. 2010, we moved to Colorado to plant a church. Um, In that process, uh, we were initiated with of like, hey, we want to invite you to join us. The couple that that led us, um, they were in North Africa at the time. And so we prayed about it, spent 30 days. We could have done this, could have done this. Ultimately, we felt invited by Holy Spirit to go plant a church with these yahoos that we didn't really know. It was literally like an arranged marriage over Skype before iPhones. There's a story. We'll get into that. No, we won't. You can ask later. Um, Okay. But in that 30 days of praying, Holy Spirit was very clear with my wife and I that, hey, to join this church plant, we are not called to Colorado. We're not called to church planting. We are called to serve Chris and Blair. What if they screw up? What if they're not the correct leader? What if they don't see my gifting accordingly? I'm pretty sure I know, so they better figure it out. (laughs) So we said yes. So we tell them this. It got tested because, like, they're coming off international work, and in there you, like, ask for, like, a commitment. And after we tell them this, like, two days later, they're like, so are you guys have, like, a three-year commitment? And I was so raging on the inside. I was like, no, we're here till death. (laughs) We worked it through. Um, So we planned it in 2010. But the fabric of Antioch Fort Collins has been that, mutual submission to each other. Chris and Blair are some of our greatest friends. They're also our leaders. They also have a vote and almost a veto in our lives when we're doing something wonky. They are currently our oversight in Antioch, Tulsa. Why? Because they're so good? No, because they're the people God put in place that we have the opportunity to get to submit to. The expression of Robin and I submitting our lives was to them. It's got a name for you, too. It's probably your life group leader. Maybe Larry. (laughs) Larry picked me up this morning. It's amazing. Like, it's not this vague, like, yeah, I surrender my life, Jesus. That's amazing. No, it's, well, these group of people have full access to my parenting, my finances, to my phone, to my apps, to my screen time. Why? So that we could be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Really? Is that possible? I don't know. Are you concerned at the, the, the way the world is going? I think we all are. The question is, are you part of the solution? Because it's not you getting on stage and preaching a good message and then it, everything changes. It's about how we love each other and live this life in submission. As the expression of Antioch NWA goes this way, great, here we go. Guess who's leading Antioch NWA? You know, Mitchell and Beth character. Guess who they're following? I don't know. Ask them. They'll tell you, well, this is where we feel like God's going. If you're in the house and you have this encounter, you could be like, hey, I felt like this happened. What does this mean? And maybe that shifts the trajectory. But you can't do that outside the house. Y'all with me? You can just go get offended outside the house. 
Guys, social media makes it like 18 times easier to get offended. So much more value or not value, fragrance of worship for you young people to navigate social media and not get offended. I guess 40-year-olds didn't have to do that. So way to go. Um, Okay, so let's keep going. So there's a lot that happened from 2010 to 2020, but we went on sabbatical in 2020, and in that process, we did a lot of reflecting. Who are we? What are we? How does this work? And the Lord talked to us a lot about living generationally, about living our lives in not just submission to each other, to our family, but to the next generation, in modeling this. And we did a lot of reflecting on, like, what is Antioch Fort Collins? If you guys go to Antioch Fort Collins, it's not like this spectacular, like, wow, there's 12,000 people, and Chris gets up on stage, and just the presence of God falls, and it's like there's probably smoke coming from the ceiling. Like, it's just some people trying to love each other. And the fabric, the foundation has been this choice to mutually submit to each other. What's happened? Well, in the last five years, or not five years, ten years, we've planted five churches. Well, what does that mean? It's just the opportunity to multiply out what God's doing. What if the churches don't do it right? You know, the expression of the lordship, the headship of Jesus plays out. What all of these churches have in common is they have this same submission to each other, where we don't have these rules of Antioch Fort Collins movement. We have relationship that's been tested where we have submitted to each other out of the lordship of Jesus Christ. And people are getting activated, not just to plant churches, but to be awesome in their workplace, in their family, in the school, so on and so forth. Are y'all with me? Now, what you don't hear in this message is all the junk that happened as we worked out this submission. Like I told people many times what I thought about Chris and not an honoring light. And I had to go back and repent for that. Our relationship with the Marabitas got consistently tested and we chose to repent. And guess what else happened? They repented back when they would have whacked out thoughts towards us so on and so forth. And what happened is we have built this culture that the devil, COVID, couldn't even get in the way of. We actually grew in health and intimacy during the COVID. Y'all tracking with me? Why? Well, if you go back to Ephesians, it says this crazy stuff like, you know, to all principalities and heavenly realms will experience, or this, uh, I'll just read it. Ephesians, Galatians, Ephesians, General Electric, yes, where are we at? (laughs) No, I actually didn't read this. It's chapter 3, verse 10. (laughs) His intent was that now, through the church, (laughs) the manifest wisdom of God would be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus. Let me put that in kind of like more cultural terms. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the education system and governments and social media, according to his eternal purposes, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Was that a stretch? 
What are the things driving culture today? That's what he's talking about. So anyways, we, uh, uh, 2020 came out of that. Uh, felt like Holy Spirit started initiating an invitation to go plant, it, plant a church. Do it again. Um, it was a way better idea when we were in our early 20s. Um, it's difficult moving a family of six and planting a church. Um, uh, it's just fragrant offering. What was that, that worship moment? Man, it's fragrant offering to Jesus. Philippians 4, right? I would get to spend my life and follow him that he would be pleased and enjoy himself. It's been a lot of that. So anyways, November 2020, we spent 30 days praying, and everyone that we invite into this, into you know these people that we're submitted to, guess what they hear? The exact same thing. It's like, wow, rocket science. We must all be connected to the same source. And what they heard stunk. It was like, we actually think it's best for you to leave now. That wasn't like that. It was much kinder. But in action, it's like, yes, it's actually time for the Lord to multiply this out. And so, yay, we get to leave all of our friends and our family and those closest to us. And our kids get to experience the cost, even though they don't totally like, yes, they have a choice in it, but they're still a little younger. So they're not like leading the family right now. And they get to experience that same cost. And it'll be great. And you get to raise money. And it's so fun. <laughs> but what we get is the full benefit of the body of Christ and the submission to the Lordship. And turns out the grace of God is the best. <laughs> well, what about my future? That's a good question. My American nature wants to give you a good 10-year plan and how I'm going to pay for my kids. <laughs> da, 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 da. But that's not what he's led me to. This is what I get, and I know it's true because I submitted my life. So that's a little bit of how it's played out in our life, in, in Rob and I's life. The benefits of submission, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Um, the benefits of submission are going to be found in Ephesians 2, 19 to 22, Ephesians 3, 8 through 11, Ephesians 3, 14 through 19, Ephesians 5, 15 to 21. What you'll find there is things of pretty epic proportion on the major level, and you'll find pretty basic micro freedoms. Like I get to live at peace. You guys like peace? No. Okay, <laughs> y'all with me? You got to read your Bible. I'll say it one more time. Ephesians 2, 19. Uh, just read the whole thing. Ephesians 2, 19 to 22, 3, 8 through 11. 3, 14 through 19, 5, 15 through 21. Okay, what are the risks of submission? I don't think I need to go into great detail on this one. Pain, disappointment, the sense of being missed, the sense of like everyone around me is doing something glorious and my assignment is just be down here in the corner and die. <laughs> I should be preaching and I'm not refilling coffee. I should be a life group leader, but I'm not. That pastor abused me. Right? 
I read this one thing online once, and I don't know if I want any part of that. I want to call language to that wrist. And I want to invite you, if you feel that wrist, take it to the throne of grace. Say, Jesus, what do I do with this? And if he takes you on a 20-year journey of healing, so be it. But I want to invite you to take that risk. The cost of a yes to a surrendered life to Jesus does not allow you not to be yielded to his body. But it's also not something to treat glibly. All right, a few practicals. Um, you can find a lot of practicals in Ephesians chapter 4. You'll find them to be incredibly simple, like be humble and gentle and patient, bearing with one another in love. This would be played out like, don't get frustrated at the guy that never brings snacks to life group. Be patient and gentle with him and help teach him how to bring bananas. No, seriously, read chapter 4. There's a very clear list of how to live in this concept of oneness. A couple practicals that are more tangible in the English language. The first one is repent. I'm not talking about repenting to people. I'm talking about repenting to God. Like if he has really called you to this house, this person, these people, you got to do work with him if you are not choosing that. If it's helpful, read the book of Jonah. Like, Jonah didn't want to choose what God had, and so then he suffered, and he had the moment throughout the book to repent, and it didn't end well for him because he didn't choose to repent. It's kind of sobering, but like, if I was writing the Bible, I wouldn't include that unless it was important. <laughs> what you'll find in Jonah is the self of Jonah was center. His understanding of what God should do was center. Y'all tracking? Okay, so that's the first one. Repent. You can also repent to each other. That's a great way to start. If you're a spouse, that's a great way to start. If you have kids, even better way to start. I was a hot mess this week thinking about this message, feeling this, not having language for it. And what was coming out was all my insecurities that my wife got to deal with. We working out our salvation, right? Okay, the next one. This is with someone in leadership or a friend in your church. Communicate your commitment. This looks like going to someone and being like, hey, I read this in John 17 in the book of Ephesians, and I think I want to do this. Are you in? I'm in. Make sense? Once you put yourself out there, there's no going back. Third thing is go first. Every single one of us is an individual with a choice in how we relate to God and to his body. But you do not need permission to say yes to Jesus. So if nobody comes to you this week and is like, I'm in till death, that's okay. You can go first. Now, it's a little extreme. 
It might sound something like, hey, I'm freaked out at this, and I have a lot of pain, and I don't really trust you, but I want to risk here. Does that make sense? You think that'll build trust or break trust? Build. It's really difficult if you just fly under the radar and don't trust anyone. Because then people are like, is, is, are they like here? Are they here? Where are they? But if you just say, hey, I don't know if I fully trust you, but because I want to follow Jesus and he's called me here, I want to work this out. Does that make sense? All right, who's going to go first? Someone do it. Uh, all right, those are my practicals. And it's like, any questions? No. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Band, you guys can come on up. I think a quick moment of honor. As Robin and I have lived this out as best we can, um, we have some teammates joining us that aren't from Fort Collins, and we've tried our best to paint this, um, but specifically the Fikers right here. Yeah, yeah, right here. Um, These guys are risking in that, they have uprooted their lives. They've moved it about 130 miles, give or take. I'm not totally sure. Bought a house and are choosing to make Antioch, Tulsa their home. And they have about zero like experience with Robin and I. It is based on the leadership of Holy Spirit. We get shared some vision. Holy Spirit spoke to them. Hey, we're going to do this ultimately with no end in sight. And they said, yes, we're in. And so if this is a hard thing for you guys, I want to invite you guys to go find them and just ask them what it was like. Hey, will you pray for me? Hey, does, does it feel like you just trust Austin and Robin all the time blindly? Like ask them, probe a little bit. Will you impart some sort of courage to me as I'm in this very same place? As Mitchell uh, is going to come in and close us in some ministry time, I think I'd, I also want to just pray for us. Um, and I want to specifically pray revelation of the person of Jesus. <laughs> that if he really said it was worth it to submit his life to the body, then this is what I want too. Guys, I read the end, and it's a wedding. And what happens to Jesus? He experiences the full union with his church. And he's committed to this being mature and complete. And we are in that process right now. And so I want to just pray that we would receive revelation of him and his value to say yes to this. Does that sound good? If it's helpful, stand up. Um, if that's not helpful, you don't have to. But Holy Spirit, I bless this house. Lord, I thank you for the fathers and mothers that have said yes here, that have created a place centered on you. And I pray for revelation, Lord, revelation of your goodness, of your perfect leadership, Lord, revelation of the headship of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge that you lead us and guide us in all truth every time, 100% of the time, and we trust you. And so I pray for my friends right now 
to receive courage and revelation of your goodness, of your leadership, and of your body. Lord, I ask for dreams, visions, and encounters with the beauty of your church this week. Lord, in our brokenness, in our humanity, that we would experience you moving in this place. And Lord, I bless Northwest Arkansas. Lord, I bless the, the, the uh, uh, systems of influence right here. And Lord, I ask that they would experience the beauty of the church. That they would know that you are who you say you are. 